Welcome to the Renew Northwest Podcast, a ministry of Christ Church Bellingham. This episode is a recording of a teaching from Pastor Nate Walker at a recent secondary chapel at Trinity Classical School titled Proverbs for Teenagers. We are making this available to you as this presents a solid picture of the importance of a classical Christian education. Good morning. Good to be with you all. Uh, let's uh, actually stand for the reading of God's Word. Um, if you have a Bible, you can turn to Proverbs chapter 1. We're looking at the first seven verses of Proverbs chapter 1. And we're, we're uh, beginning a new, uh, new kind of series in our chapel talks. We have been studying the, uh, the teaching of Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew around the Olivet Discourse. Uh, we finished that up, and now, uh, from now to the end of the year, we're going to be looking at Proverbs uh, chapter 1 to chapter 9. And so we're starting that today, and I'll be giving kind of an inter- introduction to those chapters. And so, uh, hear now God's Word. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, I pray for your Holy Spirit now to uh, come and open your word to us and apply these words into the lives of these young uh, brothers and sisters. And we pray that you would lead us to our Savior Jesus, that we would trust in him and follow him with obedience. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, as I mentioned this year, we're going to be uh, studying the first nine chapters of the book of Proverbs. And I would say that the first nine chapters of Proverbs are basically wisdom for teenagers. If you want to know what a summary of Proverbs 1 to 9, wisdom for teenagers is perfect for you. Actually, I think in the Jewish tradition, many young people would memorize Proverbs 1 to 9 in their early life because this was such practical and pertinent wisdom for young people that are your age. And uh, this passage that I just read to you, you notice in verse 1, it begins by saying the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, the king of Israel. And so the words that you read in Proverbs are the words of a king. And it's basically what you picture is in a king's court where, uh, you know, the Princes and the princesses are growing up in the king's court and they have their tutors there who are going to teach them the wisdom that they need to be the future kings and queens. And basically what Proverbs is saying is all of God's people are kings and queens. We, are, we reign with Christ. If we put our trust in Christ, we, we reign with him and we reign as a part of his kingdom. And so we need to learn the wisdom that it takes to be uh, you know, kings and queens with him. And so on the one hand, these are the words of a king, but then actually verse 8, which I didn't read, which is right after this, says, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. 
And so there's the king, the words of the king, but also the queen, the mother. And so, you know, in, in our case, uh, who's the king that is teaching us his wisdom? Well, okay, yeah, God our Father, Jesus is the king. And so then, if Jesus is the king, he's the son of Solomon, the greater son of David, the greater king of Israel, who, who is in him or is all the fullness of wisdom and knowledge. So uh, if Jesus is the king, who's the mother then who teaches us the wisdom? The church, the bride of Christ. So that's what you all, you're teenagers, you're growing up and being nurtured in a church. You're taught in a church because the church is the mother who gives us wisdom. And so we have Jesus, the father, who's the king. The, the church is the queen, who's the mother. And together they raise up these children in wisdom. And you will find in Proverbs 1 to 9, all kinds of subjects that relate to your life. And so, you know, for example, uh, chapter one in the, in the passage after this one talks about a group of friends who want to go beat someone up and steal their stuff. And uh, it says, my son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. And it says, my son, do not walk in the way with them. Hold back your foot from their paths. I mean, who doesn't think that being a teenager is about the pressures of friends who are enticing you into sin and you have to make a decision. Am I going to go be a part of the group who is going to, who is inviting me into sin with them? And I love the fellowship. I've been enjoying that with them. And this is saying, don't follow them. You know, very pertinent to the life of a teenager. Uh, or how about chapter six, which talks about the sluggard. How long will you lie there? Oh, sluggard. When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. And poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. Teenagers love to sleep. You know, I don't have to drag any of my teenagers out of bed to, uh, on Friday home days to do their homework. Of course, that's a huge temptation. The, the challenge between work and sleep, that battle, that's a huge part of being a teenager. That's what, and Proverbs talks about it. And if you don't work out that battle, it's going to affect your life deeply in your future. And so Proverbs uh, talks about that. Um, and of course, these chapters have repeated warnings about the forbidden woman. And as you come into teenage years, you will all be thinking about romance and the opposite sex. And also, we live in a world that's filled with sexual temptation. Uh, pornography is a major uh, a temp temptation. And Proverbs is directly honest about this topic. We're so glad that God's Word speaks to these things. For the lips of forbidden women drip honey, and her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Powerful words for especially young men. God's word gives practical wisdom on avoiding these pits that we can fall into. And there are also topics that you uh, might not know that you need to hear about. Proverbs talks about money talks about making business deals with people. These are all kinds of things that's important knowledge that God says you need in the future. So this year, we're going to be talking about these things, and my hope is that you'll see how amazingly relevant God's Word is to your life and to modern teenage lives. Even though this was written, you know, David and Solomon lived about 1,000 B.C., so 3,000 years ago, and yet these 
the challenges for being a teenager have not really changed. And I don't know how many countless times I've read through Proverbs over and over again. It's, it's been valuable. I read Proverbs every morning. And so um, as we look at these first few chapters, I want to just uh, point out three things about the wisdom of Proverbs 1 to 9. Okay, And these are the three things I want to say is that wisdom loves study, wisdom loves riddles, and wisdom loves fear. Three things that wisdom loves. Wisdom loves study, wisdom loves riddles, and wisdom loves fear. Okay, so the first thing is that wisdom loves to study, to read books, to learn things, okay? And you can hear the emphasis on learning there. If you look at verse 2, it says, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight. And uh, you are coming to an age where it's going to be more natural for you to ask questions about the world that you live in, ask questions of the scriptures, and to say, I need to understand, you know, for myself, what does God's word say? How am I supposed to live? What am I going to do in the world? Why is the world here? What are God's purposes? And I'll tell you, that really happened for me when I was, I was 16 years old. Um, I probably shared with some of you my story that when I was a teenager, I was sent away to a school for a year and a half. On the, in the island of Western Samoa. It's where I became a Christian. And at that time, I'd read one book in my whole life by the time I was 16. I, I hated reading. And, uh, and then someone told me to get a Bible. And I began to read the Bible. It was very challenging for me. I was a very slow reader. I didn't understand a lot of what I was talking about. But I started to love the things that I was studying. And I found I was talking to other people about it. I was like, you know, I was reading this thing in the Bible. It made me think of this. And I was praying about the things I was reading in the Bible. And all of a sudden, an intellectual life was forming in me. And that really was happening at your age. And that's the kind of wisdom that God gives to us. He begins to give us a love for study, a love for discussion, a love for truth. And then uh, when I... um, uh, came home and I started going to church. I, I went to a church called University Presbyterian Church down in Seattle, and there was a pastor named Earl Palmer, who looked like a hobbit. I mean, he lit, he was like this tall, and he had these rosy cheeks. I didn't see his feet, but I think he had hair on his feet like a hobbit. And he would be at the pulpit like this, and he'd get up and cl- climb over, and he had these glasses. But he had he was brilliant, and he loved C.S. Lewis and quote C.S. Lewis almost every Sunday. And I'd never heard of C.S. Lewis. And I was like, oh, I love that quote. And so I'd go to used bookstores and I would find C.S. Lewis books. And they were very hard for me to read and to understand. But I studied them and they just filled me with wonder and joy. And this whole world of the intellect and of study was something that God brought me into. My flesh did not bring me into that. By nature, I was not that way. But it was, it was the work of God and his word to bring me into that. And so uh, one of the most important things about being a Christian and being wise is that you learn the discipline of being studious. And some of you might say, you know, I I don't love readings hard or study is hard. I I definitely relate to that. But studying is something that all God's people have to learn to do because God has revealed himself to us in a book. And so if you're going to have God's wisdom, you're going to have to be a reader. Now, some people are going to read tons and tons and tons, and some are going to say, you know what, I, okay, i got to read God's Word. But all of us, all of God's people, need to be people who study in some degrees. It's a part of our faith. And so, uh, wis- uh, study is essential to wisdom. 
Um, but you might think that studying is all about just gaining information, filling your brain with information. Um, but I'm, I'm a very slow reader, and, and um, I, I kind of feel like I should read more books. Um, but part of the reason that I'm a slow reader is because I read things. It, it, partly I say every word in my head, and I think you're not supposed to do that. But also, I read something, and it takes my mind to new places. And I'm reading something, he's like, you know, this makes me think of this other thing, and this other thing, and these connections are being made. And that, it feels like I'm not being as productive, but actually that's a huge part of, you know, actually having wisdom is not how many books did you read, it's being brought into the wonder of God's world. And so my mind, just this morning, I was trying to read my Bible, and I took me to this thought here, and it's taught here, and then I pray about that a little bit, and I was reading another book about... Uh, Islam and Asia Minor and uh, Beirut. And I was like, oh, this may, you know, I'm going to visit Turkey this summer and stuff. And so it takes me to all these places. And so I think that this is the second thing about wisdom is that wisdom not only loves to study, but wisdom also loves riddles. Wisdom loves riddles. And you see that there in verses five and six, where it says, let the wise hear and increase in learning. And the one who understands obtain guidance to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. Okay, Riddles are problems to be solved. You have to sit and think about them. And you have to wait for a solution to come. And I, I love riddles. My, my family, uh, my wife and I have done a Christmas party every year since we were married. And we, uh, we do it every year for the church staff and the elders and deacons and the, and the school staff. And every year I write riddles and I hide little um, gift cards around our house. And it's a little poem and you got to... And some of them, you know, an ideal riddle takes about 30 minutes to figure out. You know, it's like you can figure it out, but if you just read it and figure it out, that's not a good riddle. But if you can never figure it out, that's not a good riddle either. It's just the right amount where you have to think about it for a while and then you're like, yes, that's it. I figured it out. And so, uh, so I, I love riddles. And God has revealed himself really in two great riddles. Uh, the first great riddle is the creation. You know, Mr. Reimer knows that the, create, the natural world is a great riddle. It's filled with mysteries and things to study and problems to figure out and to see how things work. And you spend lifetimes, we spend thousands of years, humanity, and we're still realizing how much more there is to discover about the riddle of creation. And then the second great riddle is this book. And that's what I love about the Bible is it's a big problem to solve, to figure out, to understand. There's, you read it and you're like, I don't understand that. I don't understand that. What does this mean? What is it? And you have a lifetime of figuring out this great riddle. And uh, Proverbs 25.2 says, It is the glory of God to conceal things, but the glory of kings is to search things out. I'm going to read that again to you. It is the glory of God to conceal things, but the glory of kings is to search things out. And let me ask you this. Why do you think God likes to reveal himself to us in riddles? Why do you think God likes to reveal himself to us in riddles? Anyone want to take a guess at that? That's a riddle. See if you have to think about it. It's a good question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
okay, it's going to engage our wisdom in our minds. Like it's, we have to bring all of ourself to it. It's not like we can just be like, oh yeah, I know that. Check it off. Now I can leave. I have to engage all of who I am. That's a great answer. Any other, any other thoughts? Yeah. Okay, you have to really want it. This is great. I think that's very similar to what Jesus says when he speaks in parables. And the disciples are like, why, why do you speak in parables? And Jesus says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. The people who will just hear the parable and be like, that doesn't make sense, and they walk off. Other people are like, that doesn't make sense. I want to figure that out. And they're drawn into Jesus. And it kind of separates people into who really wants it and who doesn't want it. I think those are both great answers. And so you are joint heirs with Christ. You are kings and queens in the kingdom of God, and it is your glory to search out the riddles of God. And in some ways, that's what your whole education is. You know, many of you find that, that like basically what your teachers are trying to do is find riddles that cause problems in your humanities class and create a debate. And you know, the better the riddle is, you know, it's like, oh, we got a good hour discussion out of that riddle. Like your whole education is about us putting riddles before you and you searching out things that God has hidden. And of course, my favorite, uh, some of my favorite riddles are math. I'm teaching math this year. I'm teaching calculus. And um, there's a, a book that I, uh, I love about classical education in, in the section about math. What it says is, one of the things that you learn in math is to wait for the truth, to wait on the truth. And I love that thought because what happens in math when you have a good math problem, you read it, you know, when you're taking a math test, you're like, I don't know how to do this. And the truth is you do know how to do it. The teacher would not have put it on the test if you didn't know how to do it. And so you have to wait for the solution to reveal itself. And you have to have the patience to wait. And then all of a sudden you're like, I see it. And that's a great feeling when it comes. But you have to have the patience. If you don't have the patience, you're like, I don't know how to do it. I just don't know how to do it. But if you have the humility and the patience to wait for, the, for it to reveal itself, and this is true in so many things in life. The Bible is that way. There's going to be verses you read and you're like, I don't understand that. And then five years later, you're going to be like, I get it now. I've always wondered about that verse. And you're going to, if you start a business, you're going to have all kinds of problems. Starting a business is about solving problems. You're like, that problem? Okay, how am I going to deal with that? I got it. This is, I didn't even think it was so much easier. And it's a constant solving of riddles. That is what life is about. And so wisdom loves to study and wisdom loves the riddles of life, and God has filled his world with them. But there's one last thing that we see in this passage is that wisdom loves fear. Wisdom loves fear. And we see that in verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So the wise person actually loves fearing God. You know, loves that God is an authority. He's so big. He's powerful. He's wise. We're so small before him. He, we owe him glory and allegiance. And we love the feeling of having an, an authority that we fear like that. That's a joy to us. And let me ask you this. Why do you think he says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge? Why is the fear of the Lord the beginning? Why is the fear of the Lord 
the beginning of the world. Take a guess. All right, Kyle. Okay, so if you think you know everything, you have nothing to learn. You're not like, oh, there's stuff I don't know. But the fear of the Lord is that humility to say, there's so much, God is so much beyond me, and it puts me in a place now I'm ready to learn. And that's why it's the beginning of knowledge, is because you got to say, hey, there's a lot for me to learn. That's great. Evan, do you want to say Knowledge is a gift from God. And so we have to fear Him. We don't control God. Our knowledge is in a way that we put God in a box. He gives us knowledge as a great gift. And um, I think that's great. And I think, you know, a lot of people will say things like, don't act out of fear. And, you know, fear kind of has a bad reputation in our culture. And um, But here, Proverbs says the beginning of knowledge is fear. Fear is not a bad thing. We were made to fear certain. Now, there, you're not supposed to fear man, so you shouldn't have your fear misplaced. Fear the Lord. But fear is not wrong. And actually, there was I listened to a podcast by a, um, a Navy SEAL named Jocko Willink. Maybe some of you know him. And he's, uh, he was talking about how a lot of people say that fear is bad. But when you're a Navy SEAL, that actually fear is one of the most important things when you're out in combat. Because what fear does is it alerts you to dangers. It alerts you to things that, that are threats to you. And it actually heightens your senses and you're more vigilant and you're more... Uh, and so that's important that like in your wisdom, like there's all kinds of errors in the world that if you're just like, oh yeah, just receive whatever the world says and you don't have some vigilance to say, wait, I'm, I'm a little afraid that I'm gonna you know, get down a track that is not pleasing to the Lord. So actually, fear is a part of wisdom because it, you know, increases our spidey senses to be aware of what's kind of coming into us. Um, you have to find somewhere to anchor all your knowledge and wisdom, and the fear of the Lord is the anchor. And our culture anchors our knowledge on our own feelings. And if you anchor your knowledge on your own feelings, on your own inner life, it will lead you astray a thousand times. Wise people have always known it. And so we, our school, it says we begin with the fear of the Lord. And that's why we sit under God's word. And we believe that God knows everything. And he knows way more than us. If we want to become wise, we come into his house with Je Jesus as the king and his church as our mother who's teaching us. And uh, he leads us into all kinds of riddles and it becomes a great delight to learn the wisdom of God and the wisdom of Christ. So let's pray together. Father in heaven, I thank you for these uh, students. And I, I pray that in these teenage years of their lives, you would give to each of them the, the love of study. And even for those here that find study hard, um, would, would they still come to love to learn new things and see how all wise people are students 
And Lord, I also pray for all of the riddles that uh, they will puzzle over in their classes, in, um, in their discussions, in their homework. And I pray that all of those riddles would ultimately lead them to you, that all things fold together in Christ. He is the answer to all the world's riddles. And so, Lord, we come before you uh, fearing you as, as the great king, the great judge, the great authority, the great creator and redeemer of all things. And we worship you. So we pray this in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Renew Northwest podcast. If you have been blessed by this content, please leave us a review, like, and follow the show, or share this episode with friends or family whom you think would enjoy it. You can also sign up for our monthly newsletter at RenewNorthwest.com.